You're about to listen to episode 58 of Women Who Kill. Hey, if you like the episodes that you've heard so far, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. Helps a lot. Helps new people find the show. The more people find the show, the longer I can keep doing this. And as you know, the world is in chaos. Uh, this coronavirus is still a thing. Who who thought? Who would have thunk it would take this long? It would last this long. I'm going to be real honest with you guys. I don't think it's ending ever. The more people listen to this, the longer I can keep doing it. And then I have something to do with my life as a uh, solitary individual. Uh, our guest today, very funny actor, comedian, and director, Leslie Seiler. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. And uh, you are... Uh, you were coming on the pod. Yep, remotely. I sure am from from uh, Sherman Oaks, California. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're in our respective lockdowns, both in California, which is really, if I think locking down again, I think is what's about to happen to us. Yeah, because because uh, who would have known that we're even stupider than Florida? <laughs> and that no is... offense to anyone listening from Florida, but I mean you. Know you know the reputation you guys have as as the worst. Absolutely, don't deny it. <laughs> don't pretend. But uh, but uh, we're 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 number one as far as a uh, stupid stupid shit that is making us uh, not recover from this pandemic. Absolutely, it's kind of nice I think to reach out and say, Florida, you're not alone anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so uh, the story that we're going to be talking about today is a is a very LA story. It is yes. The Sunset Strip Killers, right? Yeah, I was so excited. I never, you never see anything takes place in Van Nuys. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yes, that's Burbank. Nice. Finally, the Valley gets some credit. Yeah. That's right. Studio City are some of the locations in this story. So it, Studio uh, City. Yeah. I didn't even know what a Studio City was until I was maybe like in my 20s. And I grew up here. Oh, there you so go. It, yeah. it doesn't get any credit. It doesn't. It doesn't get the, yeah. We need to pay more attention to Studio City, and maybe after people listen to this podcast, they will. Yeah, maybe people will try to try to find out where shit happened. <laughs> now, we're going to be talking about Carol Bundy. Mm-hmm. By the way, no relation. That's right. A lot of people assume that they're either, you know, sister or, or relative or wife. I've heard some people think uh, that, but nope, yeah. not at all. She is half of one of the most famous spree killer couples. Yes. Yes, think natural born killers. You know, that that old, uh, what were their names? Mike and Mallory? Mallory and Marty? Was that? Oh, I can't Something remember. like that. I can't remember. But yeah, she's one half of a very... Natural Born Killers. Yes. I'm not a big fan. I, I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask. Uh, I'm in my 30s. And all I remember is about Natural Born Killers is that when I was in college, people were obsessed with it. Like, so obsessed. Like, this is the best movie ever. You have to see this movie. And I watched it, and I was like, this movie is just about two assholes who kill people for no fucking reason. Absolutely. Like, what? There was nothing redeeming about those characters. Like, you know how you Nothing can- likable. Totally. Like, you can have villains that you're like, okay, like, seeing their origin story, I have some empathy. But them, yeah, I also remember seeing it, I was, I think... Oh, I can't remember. I might have been a teenager. Oh, God. Uh-huh. I'm, but I remember being not really knowing what I was going to watch and then being yeah. so disturbed by it. Yeah. yeah, like, I think everyone... I, like, I just wanted them to die the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is terrible. There's, again, n- nothing to understand or relate to about these characters. They're just mur- on a murderous rampage. 
And uh, yeah, I felt I felt bad the whole time. Like yeah. uh, people were like, "This is a dark comedy." And I'm like, "Where am I supposed to be laughing?" Because I just feel really bad for everyone who dies. Oh God, I do not remember one laugh in that. You're, I'd have to go back, but then I'd have to watch it again, which I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, not gonna happen. So this, uh, I, I guess. Half of this couple, Mm -hmm. uh, the half that we're going to be talking about, is the only half of the couple that has a sort of uh, a sympathetic backstory. Exactly. Like a a story that you can look back and, you know, if you were a psychologist or psychiatrist or, 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 you know, analyst can go, okay, I see maybe where this, she was the perfect person to end up in this situation, perhaps. Carol was born on August 26th. 1942. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are you into uh, astrology? Um, not terribly, but that would make her a Leo. No, no. Uh, Virgo. Oh, Virgo, the one before. I am not an astrology person normally. Uh oh, but but I always like to know what sign a murderer is because I want to see if the, the the stereotypical traits of that sign track with their story. And and you you no. looked at this up for Carol. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up Virgo right now. Yeah, let's find out. I'm gonna do it in real time. Oh, so good. So it's a discovery. That's part no. of the fun. Discovering about killers in the moment. Part of the fun. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of a person is a Virgo? Uh, Virgos are logical, practical, and systematic in their approach to life. I, well, mm. she was definitely methodical and systematic once. I think I could apply some of that to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say logical, but that might have been overridden by her environment. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the things she did, uh, particularly with the one uh, man that she murdered solo, which I know we'll get mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. Um, I think she thought that was a logical decision. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, Virgo's an earth sign. Okay. Uh, which I guess it means they're perfectionists. <laughs> I mean, that tracks. This tracks absolutely. Yeah, practice makes perfect for her. I think that's true. Carol had a sort of a, a tumultuous upbringing. Mm-hmm. Both of her parents were abusive alcoholics. Yes. Then, of course, her mother died when she was about 11. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And then the story goes, and her sister did confirm this that then the father was sexually abused both daughters. Um, And he actually told them, because mom is gone, you're going to have to take her place. And he meant that in in every sense of the phrase, which... Oh, it's so disturbing. Fuck, yeah. It reminds me of a very dark Daniel Steele novel I I once read. What? Daniel Steele went there? She did. It It was, I'll never forget it, because again, I think I was probably too young to be reading this. It was called Malice. Uh-huh. You can look it up. And in the beginning, it's it's about a daughter who ends up murdering her father because the mother dies and he basically lays with the daughter every chance he gets. And wow. I, oh, it's rough. And then um, I believe it's the day of the mother's act. Or no, the mother got sick and the day of the funeral is when the daughter finally, like this had been going on for years while the mother was sick. And then uh-huh. the day of the funeral, um, you know, he was was being extra he was he was extra violent and uh and she she killed him and then she goes to jail for two years but then it's all her story of getting out and finding love and learning to love again which i don't know if that's the story we want to be connecting but yeah that's where daniel still went so dark Mm -hmm. 
so Carol's parents, by the way, their names are Charles and Gladys. And you would think that Charles and Gladys would have like a picket white fence and a, uh, a nuclear family that's not rife with abuse. Oh, you would think but, they would have lived uh, next door to the Cleavers with names like that. Yeah. Right? With a golden retriever named Brian. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it was not the case. Was not the case. Uh, Carol apparently repressed these memories for a really long time. Um, after the crimes were committed, she was thoroughly psychoanalyzed, yes. and she swore up and down that her childhood was perfect and that her parents loved her. And uh, they finally got the real information out of her. Wow, she repressed it mm-hmm. so much that she was like, "No, my childhood was great." Yeah, she even she even had been. She convinced herself that the way her mom died was that one day her mom just uh, suddenly fell ill and said, call your father, I'm not feeling well. And her father arrived home and then whisked her mother away to the hospital and then came back alone and walked in the door and said, your mother's dead. And then they cried in each other's arms. I'm like, what show did you watch that on? Oh, she saw that in a show. That's a scene or a movie. I mean, it's fascinating. I can only imagine what her, you know, psychological, like, you know, what was actually going on in that head. I can't even imagine. But the layers, I wonder, you know what I couldn't find out a lot about was the sister and what became of her? Because it did say, right. I read stuff about, you know, her sister confirmed that the that the father was abusive and that, but I don't know, did she become a murderer or what happened to, I, I don't know if you found anything on that. Well, I do know that um, once the mom died, the dad got remarried shortly after, less than a year after. Mm-hmm. And well, between the time that he, that his wife died and he remarried was when he abused his two daughters. After he got remarried, I guess, thankfully, he stopped sexually abusing them and only beat them. Oh, Just real I, fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and I guess uh, after he tired of beating them, he put them in foster care. Yeah, he literally was like, I have no more use for you. I've got a woman now to replace your mother. Yeah. Uh, And I'm tired. My arms are tired. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, after, I I believe they were in foster care for about a year, and then he took them back out. Who the fuck knows why? Oh, God. And and I think the the only reason, uh, actually, I think what happened was they became old enough to move away. Right, because they what was what they age out at eighteen, I guess, out of yeah. foster. But but Carol, I believe, was married at seventeen. That's when she married a man who was fifty six, yes. right? Yeah. So that might have been her way out too, where it's like uh, out of foster care, or maybe this was once dad took her back and then you know married the first dad that came mm-hmm. along. So yeah, he got remarried. Oh, did you know this this story? I don't know how 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 true it is, mm-hmm. but it, it was cited. That a few months after he got remarried, Carol came home and found the family cat dead. <gasps> oh, I didn't. And her dad's that. shotgun case on the floor. Oh my God. A shotgun to kill a cat is the very definition of overkill. Yeah, the house was completely empty. And then uh, apparently, when he got back, he told Carol that he wanted to kill the whole family, but. Including his wife, but she she got the gun away from him, so he only ended up killing the cat, and the two girls were away from the home at the at the time. Oh, my so God. that was when they went to foster care. After that, they went to live with their their grandma in Michigan, 
after living with their grandma, they somehow ended up with an uncle in Indiana. I'm hoping a good uncle. I hope so, too. And then dad came and took them from the uncle, took them back to California. 17 years old, Carol marries this old dude. Yeah. Named Leonard, no last name, just known as Leonard. Just known as Leonard. Which doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good at all. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. And she ended up leaving him because he was trying to pimp her out to people. Oh, of course he did. Because what other... Would you expect anything less from a 56-year-old who marries a 17-year-old? And goes by the single name Leonard? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't expect more of that individual. I I mean, again, we haven't even gotten to, you know, meeting Douglas Clark yet. And already we're just on her first marriage. (laughs) She's 17 at this point. And look at that life. Yeah. Oh, man. This guy's pimping her out. He's pimping her out. Mm -hmm. He's drunk as fuck all the time. Absolutely. And then she meets Richie. I'm assuming he goes by Richie. I haven't seen that anywhere. His actual name is Richard. Richard Geis. Oh, if he doesn't go by, he must go by Richie. I, I uh-huh. believe that 100%. Because now I think the age gap is getting smaller, but it's still there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's still inappropriate. Yeah. And yeah. it's in Chris D'Elia territory. <laughs> Absolutely. So he's 32. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has a, a respectable profession as a as an author of science fiction and porn. Oh. <sighs> course the perfect mix (laughs) (laughs) he's into carol because carol has uh up until this point in time found her life's purpose to be pleasing men exactly and uh he also found her to be smart so he he tried to get her to pursue artistic interests interesting i mean is this are we saying that richie was the one man who maybe tried to to get, you know, better Carol somehow, give her a better life? A little bit, yeah. He tried to get her to write because he, he found out she, she was a good writer, but she, she wouldn't stick to it. Mm-hmm, no. She was good at art, but she wouldn't stick to it. Wow. So she was good at it, but she had no, you know, diligence. She had no, no follow through. She needed to join a writer's group or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. She, she needed an accountability team. Like a tough writer's group. <laughs> One where they... They beat you if you don't write your your morning pages. <laughs> Listen, you got to write the morning pages. That, that could be your next book. Isn't that the original story? I was just writing uh-huh. my morning pages, and then all of a sudden I had a novel. Must yeah. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> so a few years after she gets married, uh, she's 20 years old. Her dad commits suicide. Wow. He hangs himself. Wow. And he doesn't kill the wife, right? He just killed himself, like after right. the cat and the shotgun incident. Okay, he... Which is, you know, which is how men who want to murder should handle it. Yes. Just you know, take like, yourself why do, out. Why do you got to kill your own fat, your whole family and then kill yourself? Yeah, just start Pretty with much, yourself. It's still mission accomplished. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so dad <laughs> offs himself. She's still only 20, mm-hmm. not doing so well with her writing career despite Richie's efforts. And she blames her dad's uh, death on herself. Oh, dear. And is that because, well, I mean, who knows? Because I left him. um, Mm -hmm. He did it because I'm a bad girl. I mean, who knows what's going through that head of hers? Mm -hmm. And she, uh, I'm sure, uh, blamed herself for uh, his abuse as well. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. 
I made him do it. I was asking for it. I maybe enticed him too much. Um, it was my job to replace mom. I mean, these could all be things she was thinking, mm-hmm. potentially. And uh, at no point in this story has Carol went to therapy at any sort of of medical intervention. No. And I mean, and- now... If she's 20, it's only 1962 as well. Not that I'm saying mm-hmm. that therapists didn't exist. In it the wasn't 60s, a thing. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rich people went to therapy in the 60s. Absolutely. And that was it. Yeah. Now, at this point, she's she's experimenting sexually. She realizes she's, uh, I don't know if she ever realized or called herself a bisexual, but she did have sex with men and with women. She had relationships with men and with women. And at this point, she's living in Oregon. With Richie. Okay. Her and Richie are in Oregon. Mm-hmm. He finds out she is occasionally having sex with men for money. Ah, uh, this is what Richie finds out. Mm-hmm. And again, Richie's not pimping her out the way Leonard was, but right. maybe she learned a few things from Leonard and was like, I guess this is what I should be doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Richard mm-hmm. wants her to get help. And I'm going to guess she doesn't. She doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he ends up not. They're not living together anymore once he finds out this information. But he says that he'll pay for her to go to school so that she can get a good job. I'm going to say, Richie sounds like a real gem. You know, I guess uh, on the spectrum of creeps, Richie seems like a decent creep. Yeah, (laughs) like like, sure, he was like, I'm going to find someone 12 years younger. Or was it 12, uh, 14 years younger? 12 years? 14? uh Sure, younger. (laughs) But you know... So, yeah, you're right. On the spectrum of creeps, he was kind of the nicest creep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's paying for school. She she decides to go to nursing school. They're mm-hmm. in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. I bet she went to SMCC. Now, you'll have to... I, I, of course, not being from Cal... Is that a good school? Oh, Sa- Santa Monica City College, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a nice school. It's pretty because it's in Santa Monica. Oh, God, I would love to be in Santa Monica right now. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so she's going to a decent, nice nursing school. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. I mean, becoming a nurse, you know, that's a noble profession. That's a profession that indicates you want to care for people. So that's also maybe an interesting choice for this conundrum of a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, she ended up getting uh, becoming an LVN, mm-hmm. which I, I had to look up. I, I read vocational nurse. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What does oh, that really mean? Yeah, what a does Vocational that- nurse. Well, there's RNs and there's LVNs. Okay. Uh, an RN is basically like the second uh, in, in command to an actual attending physician. Okay. An LVN is kind of like an RN's assistant. Oh, okay. So the vocational nurse, so it's like a hierarchy kind of thing. We've got yeah. doctor, RN, LVN. Mm-hmm. So they're not allowed to do a lot of medical procedures that RNs are, are able to do. Uh, but they they do care for sick and dying people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're caretakers, right? The caretakers now, maybe they yeah bring yeah. the bring the food bring the food. Maybe mm-hmm. they change a bandage, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. not administering perhaps you know life saving procedures, medications. Maybe do they? Maybe they I mean they might be able to they might be able to give medications, but um, mm-hmm. they're they're not able to do more you know, complex doctor-adjacent procedures, I guess you would say. Right, right. Okay, well, listen, I've learned something. I think I always thought a vocational nurse was like somebody who worked in, I don't know why, rehab. I was like, oh, it's a step away from the hospital. It's after you leave, the vocational nurses come in. But um, 
I feel like I'm a lot realizing. of them might might work in like hospices and stuff like that. Oh, maybe that's why I had that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she takes the, Richie's offer to go to uh-huh. school. Yeah. Okay. She becomes a nurse. Mm-hmm. And that's how she meets Grant. Oh, Grant. Number Grant three. was also a nurse. Again, indicates a caring, nurturing person. Maybe we, that's the assumption. Yeah, but Grant was a piece of shit. That's right. Abusive. <laughs> <laughs> Just another abusive piece of shit. Mm-hmm. She's back to her Leonard father pattern. Yeah, and she left. How did that one end? She left him. She Yeah, she left him. But well, up until this point, which is uh, kind of remarkable, Carol has not had any kids. Oh, that's right. Before Grant, he became the baby daddy. Mm-hmm. She had mm-hmm. two kids, that's two right. boys. Yes. By Grant. He was physically abusive. He, he beat her. Yes. And she had affairs. She liked to spend a lot of money on the people she had affairs with. That's right. Yes. She was almost a sugar mama in that way. Yeah. This entire time, her eyesight is deteriorating. Because she had those big, thick glasses. Yeah. You know. they're, they're, oh, the worst. Just like like bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. Absolutely. Yeah, think those late 60s, 70s, big old glasses. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly like what she ha- Like an inch thick. Mm-hmm. Uh, at kind this of point. tinted all the time for no yeah. reason. <laughs> <laughs> so she can't see. She's got two kids to take care of. And her husband's beating her. Oh, man. 1979, she takes off to a shelter with her two yes. kids. Yes. Good for her. She's she's shaken uh, Grant. But, oh, God, she's in Van Nuys. Oh, this is where we get to Van Nuys. Okay. Now, if you're listening, you don't know what Van Nuys is. Like, <laughs> imagine if, like, um, Arizona was in Los Angeles. <laughs> that is one of the best descriptions I have heard of it to date. <laughs> that is great. That should paint a perfect picture for everyone who's <laughs> listening. It's just hot and like... Oh, and a lot of... Ugh. Yeah, like there's some nice houses and then some that just look like they haven't seen a, you know, a window opened in 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of, lot of Taco Bells and gas stations. I used to live in Van Nuys, like right on the border of Van Nuys in, in North Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And the gas station a couple blocks away from my house, there was always blood on the ground. <laughs> oh, my God. Always blood on the ground. <laughs> oh, look, Saturday morning, fresh blood. <laughs> um, I mean, the stories you must have written just going by and being like, oh, I wonder what, the, <laughs> what caused this small pooling here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What... And whose shoe is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Carol finds an apartment called uh, Valerio Gardens. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know. If you want to Google, it might still be there if you guys want to look up Valerio Gardens. Again, I Van think Nuys. people are going to be flocking to Van Nuys now uh-huh. with this. So, yes, look it up. And she moves with her kids. At this point in time, her kids are nine and five. Mm-hmm. And the managers of the apartment, Jack Murray and Jeanette Murray. Oh, Jack... Jack. Jack moved from Australia to make it big as a country s- singer. And the first place he went was Van Nuys, California. <laughs> yeah. 
Forget <laughs> Nashville. Not interested. Um, <laughs> unless was Jeanette was from here. Is that what that was? She was yeah. Cal- she was Californian. So I wonder how they met because this, like, online dating was not a thing. Yeah. How do you meet across an ocean in you know the seventies? Yeah. I mean, he must have come here and met her here. Just like picked like her a, up at a bar. Yeah, it might have been a bar. Maybe again, he was just doing gigs in you know little country bars. Met Jeanette. They, and he started cheating on her right away. ASAP. Yeah. Which is why Carol was so great because she also liked to cheat and apparently, so they say, on she was mm-hmm. not a very faithful woman to whoever she was with. Yeah. So, so she was pretty interested. And the, I, the funny thing is, is uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because, yeah, because Jack also, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little too much, but in the apartment building, because he was the landlord, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was like yeah. the the manager, I guess. Kind of, uh, I I guess he did double duty. I guess he he kind of managed and and landlorded the place. Yeah, right. He, he did all the 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 maintenance and whatnot, the repairs. Yes, and kind of looked out for Carol. I hear that he kind of helped her get well, a nursing job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was giving her money at first because she had come out of this shelter situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that maybe he had a little. I mean, was he doing it out of the goodness of his heart, or you know, to get those glasses off? You know, <laughs> well, he took her to doctor's appointments. He took her to the social security office so she could get social security payments. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was, I guess, and ended up being around six hundred dollars a month, which is a lot of money for. Oh my God, back for back then, like nineteen eighty. Yeah, nineteen eighty. That would have been a lot of money. Yeah. So, his wife didn't suspect a thing. Because Carol was not his type. Ah, okay. Um, so Jeanette really knew Jack's type, I guess. Jeanette assumed Jack's type was her, I guess. Yeah, I guess Jack <laughs> typically cheated with with tall blonde women. And then all of a sudden he's going for kind of mousy brown hair, uh, the big thick glasses. Uh, yeah, Carol's Carol's kind of kind of uh, round, round kind of lady. Yeah. She's got, I, I'm, I'm imagining like a, a bowl cut done with some scissors. Oh, definitely. Oh, she, cu- I mean, I've seen a few pictures of, I, cutting her own hair. Yeah. I mean, a lot sure. of us are doing that now, but you know. <laughs> Carol had the quarantine cut before quarantine. She sure did. <laughs> yes, she did. Uh, but Jack was apparently hot. He had a good voice. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find a single picture of him. So. I know. Only his van. I couldn't find a picture of him, just his van. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he was actually hot or if he was hot in the way that people say Ted Bundy was hot and that he was just thin and white. Exactly. And at that time, thin, white, maybe <laughs> maybe the accent, the Australian accent added some, uh-huh. like, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like like a little intrigue, yeah. you know, to the, to the hotness. Oh, he's exotic, so it made him uh-huh. more attractive. Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> you know those exotic Australians? Come yeah. on. Absolutely. <laughs> so Carol took a liking to Jack and would just make sure that shit was always broken in her apartment. To lure him in. She would clog the toilet. Oh, Carol. Classic she would just listening. shove shit in the... T- I'm wondering what the fuck she was dumping into the toilet. Oh, you know? God. I, yeah, like like a... What, what, what do you clog a toilet? Marbles. Ban- like, banana peels? I love that. That's the first place <laughs> I went. Banana peels. Coffee um, grinds? I don't know. Coffee grounds? Yeah, what else? Like a, a flower... Stems, a uh, brush from the yard. She did trim some, <laughs> trim some bushes, shove that in there. <laughs> She's just dumping cups of dirt into the toilet. <laughs> and he's just, what did you do in here? I mean, that's, a, that's bold. Listen, if you're trying to seduce 
anybody and you're having them come over to clean out your toilet, I mean, that's bold because (laughs) Uh they're going to see what's in there. (laughs) And I don't know if that's the look you want, but I guess Carol didn't care as long as it got him in there. He's like, whose hair is in the sink drain? This is clearly not your hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't, I, yeah. Mm, God. And then, and then you have to ask where, you know, was she cutting patient's hair? <laughs> I can't begin to wonder where Carol, Carol Bundy gathered her hair uh-huh. for her clogging purposes. But Jack, Jack liked Carol because uh, she was really, really into him. Oh, yes. And she found his boring war stories exciting. Ugh. Because he was in, he served in Vietnam, and he also served in the Australian Army. Oh, here we go. So this, yeah. So again, uh, is so easy. Just fed as you go. You know, you know, veterans. You. They're like vegans. Oh, they can't stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Every story leads back to the war. You know. Uh huh. Every story leads back to tofu. Same thing. <laughs> or a great new coconut oil. You know. She even used to keep his favorite beer in her fridge. Oh, Carol. And this is a woman without a job. She's Her entire income is from Social Security. And, and she's, she's buying... using it for gifts. Wow. I mean, she, her eagerness, her desperation to please, to keep, to... I mean, it was high. Yeah. They would fuck in empty apartments in the building. <sighs> yeah. In the back of his van, obviously. Yeah, the van After doctor's right. appointments. <laughs> On the way back, pull into the, well, I don't think Taco Bell was here at the time, but uh, into the, I'm trying to think of a, a chain that would have existed in 1980. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Bob's, maybe they were stopped by the Bob's Big Boy in Burbank, Absolutely. maybe? in Burbank, yep, good parking lot there, <laughs> pulled over. There's a dry cleaner out there that's been there forever, maybe, maybe they pulled behind oh, M- yeah, Milton Edie's. Oh, yeah, with the pink, the pink one? The pink one, yeah, they pulled behind yeah. Milton Edie's and said, Let, let's do this. Let's let's fuck in this van and <laughs> now apparently most of their sex was her blowing him. Oh man, I mean, probably a dream for him. Yeah, because no, no he, work, he's a piece all of benefit. shit. Yeah, he is a piece of shit. She was like, "Now do me." He's like, "Nah, no, no, I'm tired, <laughs> tired, baby. I gotta drive home. Gotta, gotta get you back home." But if She's you like, want to go one more time while I'm driving, uh, feel free. Feel free to get down there one more. It's time. So sad. It is sad. So, uh, yeah, Carol was like a boomerang. <laughs> no matter how, how much uh, Jack would try to, or no matter how much Jack would try to throw her, toss her away, she would always come back. Right on back. She was right back in there. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, Carol. In fact, he couldn't shake her, right? Mm-hmm. Because She then, wanted to get married. Yep. She was like, let's take this to the next level. She's like, I want to blow you forever. <laughs> and And he said... I don't know. Wait, I've got a wife. Yeah. And then Carol went to Jeanette and tried to bribe her, I believe, was the story. You know what he told her, though? Um, He said, I can't leave my wife because she's she's sick. She's got cancer. Oh, the cancer. Was that true? Do we know? No, because she confronted the wife. She was like, hey, I know you have cancer, but here's the thing. Uh, if you leave him, I will give you $1,500. And Jeanette was like, what the fuck? I don't have cancer. <laughs> and also, $1,500? It's not that much. I mean, I guess it was a little more in 1980, but offer me something real, Carol. That's a pretty shitty bribe, no? Well, Jeanette was like, you know, if that's what Jack wants, I'll take the money. 
So, wow. Carol gets an eye operation. She's able to see. But not still without the glasses? Uh, not with, not without the glasses, but, but she's better. able to see much better. Okay, she can see better now. And it fucks with her self-esteem. Oh, no. Because what, she can see? Because see Jack's been telling like her she that she's... She, I don't know if Jack's been telling her she's beautiful to get what he wants out of her. Yeah, and then she goes, oh, Jack, you liar. Yeah, she's got that okay. movie moment. Yeah. She looks in that mirror, does not like what she sees looking back. Yeah. Maybe she even does like the Joker, you know, when he breaks the mirror in the verse. <laughs> yeah. So angry, can't look at it. <laughs> now at this point, she's she's got a little bit of money because she got a settlement from a house that she sold after her marriage. Okay. She's got twenty five thousand dollars. A lot of money I mean, for that, that. That feels like a lot of money for that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she's spending money. She's she's buying gifts for everybody. Oh, here uh, we go. She's buying new furniture. She got her hair did. She's getting cosmetic treatments done to try to to try to look like the woman she thinks Jack wants. That's right. She's like all for Jack if I can just lure him in again. Yeah. Yeah. She bought him a VCR, which I guess was a big deal back then. Listen, we were renting VCRs until 1990, so yeah, it was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> she opened a joint safety deposit box with him. Yes, that one blew my mind when I was like, wow. And he was withdrawing, not putting in, right? Yeah, she put $13,000 in it. Oh, man. Oh, Carol. The things we do to, I don't know, keep the, I mean, low Mm self-esteem. What a a tragedy. Well, she also (laughs) gave him, uh, she gave him $10,000 on top of all that. Wow. Because that was when he said his wife had cancer. So she was like, oh, this is to help. (laughs) Oh, my God, Carol. And after she confronts Jeanette, and Jeanette's like, I don't have cancer, you fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Um, She goes back and confronts Jack, and Jack's like, okay, I admit it. I used the money to pay off my van. Oh, my God. He just took the money and paid. And here's what I'm amazed with is at this point, Carol's, She's not pissed at Jack. She's not yeah. like, I'm cutting you off. She's not like that. It's it's over. She's like, oh, you used it to pay off your van. Do you want a blowjob in that van? Like, <laughs> she's just uh-huh. single focused. Yeah. I mean. At this point, she yeah, she's still trying to hold on to him. And he, he just tells her straight up, you know what? I, I don't want anything to do with you. You need to stay away from me and stay away from my family. Right. And After he's taken all the money. He's yeah. got all the money. Uh-huh. Now he's like, okay, get away from me, psycho. And, and you can't have the VCR back. <laughs> oh my, I'm keeping the VCR. <laughs> wow. It was probably a top loader. Think about that. Oh, oh I didn't even know that was a thing. Like a cassette? Oh, like it loads like a cassette? Yeah. Like, those, like it would like pop up. The old answering machines or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was like the first VCRs, I think. But it was like you would put it in the top and then push it down. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I bet it didn't even rewind, huh? You had to take, you probably had to rewind it with a pencil or something. Well, and I think at the time, that's why those rewinding machines were such a hot item. You could. Oh, you had to take it out and put it in a different machine to rewind it. Well, not. I mean, maybe in the those machines certainly existed. Uh, The VCR that we finally got in like '92 or whatever it was, we could rewind. Uh But previous to that, maybe that's why those machines existed because it was like crazy buy the vcr and the rewinding machine (laughs) that's fucking wild 
What a racket. <laughs> <laughs> now, at this point, Carol is, uh, she's up to no good. She decides to, she's still stalking Jack at his gigs, his country gigs. She sure is. The bar, I believe, was called Little Nashville, which, again, I think he should have gone to real Nashville if he was pursuing Yeah. I wonder if it's still there. Let me Google it. I want to see Oh, yeah. Find out if Little Nashville still exists. Oh, it does. Does not. It's at 13, uh, 13350 Sherman Way in North Hollywood. Oh, my God. Of course it's on Sherman Way. Yeah. Again, I I think the listeners need to know that, that, that Sherman Way really, there's portions of it that just epitomize how you described Van Nuys. Yeah. Just like, I mean, it's hot and dusty and industrial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on the corner of Sherman Way and uh, Fulton. I am also pulling up because I want to see a picture. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The internet makes it look gorgeous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I have a feeling it might not be so. Um, yeah, yeah, these interior pictures look great. Yeah. But also, in one of its descriptors is dive bar, literally. So, uh-huh. so that's that was one of Jack's favorite places to to hang out and play. Yeah, yeah, he had a I guess consistent he... gig there. It doesn't sound like he was successful. He was successful by Little Nashville standards. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. she shows up at uh, knowing that he's going to be there, and yep. he's he's there with Jeanette. Oh boy. And the love triangle goes on, even yeah. though at this point, Jack was like, get out of the triangle, Carol. Yeah. But she was determined to stick in it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that night is when she meets Doug. Uh-huh. Who was also described as good looking. But he oh, he looked like a fucking fish. Have you seen pictures of him? Yes, I have. And there was one where like, oh, fish is great. Yeah, it was like this weird... I, I mean, listen. His eyes nothing. are so far apart. Yes. And like, and you're right, kind of, there was one where he was like very skinny and like weird fate shaped face. Yeah. I mean, not, but yeah, apparently he was, what, well-spoken though, because he was like well-educated. And, I guess. Uh, I guess what other reason would anyone talk to him? <laughs> I guess. This like, dude was ugly and not oh, to be yeah. like superficial, but this dude was like I mean, I could say he was fucking ugly because he's a psychopath. Yes, you can say that. On top of that, just just an ugly dude. Like, yeah, like he makes Steve Buscemi look like Brad Pitt. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. What a great description. And again, and it's so funny. That's like he was blonde. He was he was well spoken. He was so charming. And I I guess the bar was really low. And where are we now? We're in 1980 now, right? Yeah. 1980s North Hollywood Van Nuys the bar is just underground oh my god and here's this guy this homely fish looking Steve Buscemi esque (laughs) sorry Steve Buscemi like poor man Steve Buscemi yeah Doug Clark (laughs) Doug Clark and apparently his name isn't even really Doug Uh, apparently he went by uh, I I forget what he was born as uh Something but, fancier? Was it something fancier? It was like, like Dave or something. I don't know. It um, was it was some other some other name starting with a D. But he just when he was a little kid decided he wanted to be Doug, and so everyone just called him Doug, which is okay. I wow, guess. I guess he's just like that's it. I'm changing my name. Yeah. Listen, when I was a kid, I wanted to be named Wendy, uh-huh. and I'm very glad that I didn't pursue that now. 
Oh yeah, Wendy's or Karen's for sure. So yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, like Leslie's Karen's just bit. solid, like neutral. Yeah, you don't really have a preconceived notion of a Leslie. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, but, but a but a Wendy, she does not sound like a treat. She sounds like the <laughs> most annoying woman at brunch, <laughs> if that's even possible to be more annoying than Karen. Uh huh. <laughs> so her and but Doug yeah, hated each yeah. other when they when they first met, but. Uh, she was his type mm-hmm. because he's a piece of shit. Yep. Uh, and he sh- was like, this one I can manipulate. This exactly. One is. Right? He, he sees that right away. habitually went after overweight women with self-esteem issues and um, terrible pasts because yes. he knew that he could get money out of them. He could get rent out of them. Uh, he could get free things by convincing them that he thought they were great and they couldn't do any better. Absolutely. And then they would fight to keep him. Again, gifts, money, anything to please him. Mm-hmm. Stay in his good books. And she um, made it clear from their first conversation that uh, she would, she complained about how all of her exes treated her despite everything that she bought them. So he was like jackpot. Yeah, he was like, this is it. This is, yeah. Now, Doug was a piece I mean, of shit. He grew up in the military, blah, blah, blah. Like lived in a bunch of different states by the time he was uh, an adult. Uh, Never really had a job or held down a job again. Yeah, yeah. Had all this, like, school, went to nice prep schools and all this, but then preferred the free ride of finding someone he could he could leech off of. That was his jam. He was a bit of a nomad as well, wasn't he? He was kind of mm-hmm. traveling around, never really yeah. sticking in one place, got yeah. to California. Probably had warrants that he didn't tell anyone about. Absolutely. I mean, listen, he says he changed his name because he just like felt like it. But I mean, are we even buying that? Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Is Dave Clark wanted in, you know, 12 states. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but Doug Clark, just California. We don't know. Uh-huh. Right. He moved in with her the night they met. Oh, my God. What I love, just to rewind for a second. They hated each other when they met. Yeah. And by the end of the night, he yeah. was living there. <laughs> It's like the most fast-forwarded rom-com ever. They were, she was a an out-of-work nurse. He was a, a a nomadic mechanic. They didn't like each other. Um, Just the ugliest meat cute. Oh, ugly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're immediately living together, and he mm-hmm. is immediately bringing over other women to have sex with. Right away, he's like, "This is what this is what I need. Mm-hmm. You're not enough." So it was prostitutes, right? Yeah, prostitutes. Threesomes, maybe foursomes. And then he, he starts divulging uh, very dark fantasies to her. Specifically, I think the, the, the one that really makes you know you chill when you read it is that he specifically wanted to kill a woman during sex so yeah. he could, and I'm quoting, feel her vaginal contractions during the death spasms. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, when I first read that, I was like, out loud, I was just like, why? <laughs> I know, I was like, oh, why? But what I, what's amazing is uh. he said this to Carol, and Carol was like, oh, fuck yeah. She's like, <laughs> I want to see that. I want to be there for that. Yeah. Right? Oh, God. Yeah, that was not a red flag or a bucket of no. them for some reason for her. I mean, listen, if you told Wendy at brunch about that, she would for sure be like, girl, you have to, you know, put up a flag there. I don't think you should be pursuing this. Yeah. Maybe go back on Bumble. See, here's the thing. Carol didn't have friends 
That's right. She was a loner. Yeah. So she didn't have anyone who she could call up and be like, hey, listen, this is what this is what this dude said he's into uh, where any normal person, any friend would be like, uh, Carol, fucking leave. Like, <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> or, yeah, I guess you can't have him arrested just for saying that, but it almost feels like you should be able to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, at some point, Doug brings over and there's there's discrepancies as to how this actually happened. Yes. I but think I know where you're going here. Yeah. Doug brought home an 11 year old girl. Yes. Who some sources say he picked her up at the roller skating rink. Oh, man. And then some say Carol was part of that. She was a neighbor mm-hmm. child, right? Or lived in the building. Yeah. And Carol was instrumental in luring her in was mm-hmm. another thing I, I read. Because as some sources say, there were, at some point there was also a 13-year-old who yes. would babysit Carol's children. Ah, oh, and Doug must have been into her. Now, I don't know if those are two separate girls, two separate girl stories. Age. Yeah, or yeah. if it's it's one person and who's given different origin stories depending on who you ask. Yes, yes. At some point, a pornographic photo shoot was orchestrated where Carol took the pictures. That's right. I also had a source that said that the three of them would then get into the shower together, Mm -hmm. taking the pedophilia to a real active level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Carol, yes, would would, would take the pictures, help orchestrate them, and then apparently made a nice, memorable photo album of all of it. Made a book. Yeah. And uh, locked it in a, a place where apparently only she had the key. Oh, Carol. So when she needed a little a little boost, she would go and pull out the old pedophilia album, take a look. <laughs> yeah. You know. Just uh she she had the evidence locker all to herself. Oh man. At this point, Carol is still pursuing Jack. She is. She never really let that go. And then some say that he was still sleeping with her, which I can believe it because he sounded like such a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But then others are saying, like, no, no, he was trying to ignore her. He was pushing her away, which only made her want to keep pursuing him more. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Which is true there. But I think in my heart, Jack was still boning Carol. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, at this point, Carol is, uh, she's upgraded to a two-bedroom apartment on Lamona Avenue. Now, I have to know this building, and maybe we don't know this. Was it also called Something Gardens? Because that's very Van Nuys as well. Probably. Everything is a... Or a chateau. Ooh, yeah, chateau or place de whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she's in a two-bedroom. Yeah. She got her driver's license. She got a nice new station wagon. She's killing it. I mean, listen, for early 80s, that is killing it. Yeah, a Buick. Station wagon, two-bedroom place in... uh, in Van Nuys. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah. And... I don't know if she ever got herself a VCR. That's yet to be seen. Oh, right? I hope she did buy one for herself as well. Yeah. Doug yeah. finds out that she's got a little bit of extra money to spend. So he's like, hey, can you buy me something? Oh, and I think we know what that, that fun <laughs> gift was. She's like, anything for you, Doug. And he's like, two guns, please. Two. Make sure they're registered in your name. <laughs> And Merry Christmas. <laughs> Why couldn't Doug buy his own guns? I, I, exactly. Was he, was he not federally not allowed to have guns in his own name? 
probably did he not have any you know yeah exactly did he not have real id again was dave with his 12 outstanding <laughs> warrants in other states yeah so uh yeah may 16th what is it what year is it 19 uh is it 1980 i think it's still 80 yeah i think carol buys uh two guns for doug two small caliber pistols mm-hmm. automatics mm-hmm. ravens mm-hmm. And then he's very happy with his with his gift. And then he has still expressed, hey, remember that thing about vaginal contractions during death <laughs> spasms? I'm still yeah. interested in that also. Yeah. Stalking stuffer. So it's about shortly after this. 1980. Mm-hmm. One night in April. Don't see an exact date here. But uh, Doug just arrives home with blood all over his jacket. Yes. And in his teeth... Oh, my God. And on his hands. And uh, Carol takes him into the bathroom and is like, boys, go back to bed. <laughs> like, Why are her kids? Why didn't she give her kids up is what I want to know. At least at this point. And again, this the kids is the are moment. here. The kids are in the house when they're just having threesomes and oh and God. raping children. And yep. Yep. Showering with the neighbor child. And there's just these um, two boys are just in the house, like everything's fine. Yeah, everything's normal. This is a normal day with mom. <laughs> Carol tells the kids that Doug has been in a motorcycle accident and go to bed. Okay, that was the story. Just from Carol to the kids. That's not what Doug said, right? Yeah. Because I thought at first Doug was like, oh, it was just a an accident, no, no big deal. And then like, again, kind of like the night they met minutes later was, you know, everything changed drastically minutes later. Yeah. He, he no, says, no, I, I was hooking women. up with a girl and her boyfriend caught us and got mad. And so I, I, he attacked us. So I, I had to, I stabbed him and then I got away. No one died. Wow. And what I love about that story is that's disturbing enough. That's again, a time to call up Wendy and go, Hey Wendy. So my, live-in boyfriend uh-huh. said he was breaking up with one of his girlfriends and then stabbed the boyfriend who was attacking like again the yeah. fact that um i guess she just didn't have that sounding board yeah and uh apparently the next day carol goes out to the car and there's uh, there's like blood in the car yes and and i love that that then leads to okay maybe your your stabbing story isn't because mm-hmm. there's blood in this car whose blood is this yeah I feel like whenever you're in a relationship and if you find Whose blood is this? Word, hey, whose blood is this? Again, I don't want to use the buzz the buzzword red flag uh-huh. too much, yeah. but I think there's a lot in here. Oh, so many. So many. Just a, a, Carol. The bucket so of many. red flags. Bucket of red flags. <laughs> the Carol Bundy story. <laughs> so it happens again a week later. Oh, oh boy. Doug says, okay. okay, so here's the thing. Uh, the, the boyfriend, he came back and he, he attacked me again. I killed him. He tried to, he tried to steal the car. I fought him off. The boyfriend steal the car? Yeah. He just made up this crazy story. Wow. And again, Carol's, I guess, buying this. Yeah. So late in April, a sex worker tells the cops that she was on La Brea at sunset. La Brea and Sunset is where the, the Ross Dress for Less is. Oh, yes, it is. That's right. Ra- uh, across from the Grove, isn't it? There's a, there's a Ross Dress for Less. There's a Tacos Galvan is there right now. Used, yes. Used okay, to be I got a pub place. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. She's there. She sees a man in a blue station wagon, possibly a Buick. She, she <laughs> walks up to him. She's like, hey, do you want to have sex? And uh, he's, uh, she notices he's already jerking it, so she's like, nah, I'm going to go away. And then he comes back, yeah, and he's like, no, 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 come back, come back, come back. Uh, if you blow me, I'll give you $40. She gets in the car. They drive. He stops on DeLong Prey. She says, get in the back seat. She's like, no, that's not happening. She's like, no, this isn't This isn't what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. She still goes to blow him for some reason instead of being like, uh, okay, yeah, this seems this seems fishy. I'm going to get out. Well, uh, she's a professional. Yeah. You know, so thought, yeah, I do have a job to do. Yeah, I'm going to do my job, then so. I'll leave, you know. He stabs her a bunch of times. Somehow, she gets away. She survives. She escapes. She's able to identify him later. But she, she stabs right. several times, almost dies. Yes. This is the Mandy, is this the, this is the Mandy Cohen character, is it not? Uh, this or is Charlene. This? Oh, this is Charlene. Yeah, okay, Mandy this is, is somebody else. This we'll is, get to uh, her. Okay. just a, a, a woman known only as Charlene. Only as Charlene. Just like only as Leonard. I see the pattern in this story. Yeah. I mean, she mm-hmm. uh, might not have wanted to be identified by, by last name considering he's still alive. Oh my God! Yes, of course. Now that would make all the sense. Yeah, June eleventh, nineteen eighty, is the, is when the next incident occurs. Two yeah. sisters, Cindy. This is it. And yeah, Gina, okay. Murano. Mm-hmm. Fifteen and sixteen years old. Yes, they're going to meet up with some friends in Huntington Beach. They disappear. That's right. They're later found on the side of the road, close to the Hollywood Hills Cemetery. Right, the forest lawn. I believe so. It just kind of, just kind of on the, just on the side of the road. They, yes, he didn't yes. even try to hide them. No. But what apparently he did do was after he killed them, took them to a rented garage that he had, and you know played with the bodies, posed them, had sex with them, um, then went and dumped them by the side of the road. Yeah, and he, he shot them both in the head. That's how he how he killed them. That's right. That was his preferred method. Ah, so fucked yeah. up. Yeah, so messed up. So, and he would do it a lot because I think, in Gina's case, mm-hmm. while they're blowing him, right, he would shoot them. It, it is. Not always. It's sad. That's what happened. But some people say that that's. Some people question whether that actually happened or whether he picked them up and did not intend on shooting them right away, and it was actually Carol who shot them. Right. A lot this of people say of it just seems like uh, you're likely to either accidentally shoot yourself, yeah, or or get your dick bitten off. Oh wow! I love that. This is the first moment that I was like, well, of course. Why would you aim a gun down there? Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. I guess, I, admittedly, not having a penis, I I wasn't thinking of protecting that area so much. <laughs> but I get it. Yeah. Some okay. some people say maybe Carol was much more involved than anyone has has admitted to. Right, or been able to prove, I guess, mm-hmm. at this point. Now, okay. when he killed these two girls, he immediately went and told Carol what he'd done. Yes. He was ex- yes. very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And Carol's first instinct, or which I, I feel like, or Carol's first calculation was to call the cops. Yeah. And anonymously tell them what had been done but not give enough details to get Doug caught. Right. So I wonder what the deal was with that. Was that just her having a little bit of like 
fun? Was it the the guilt being like, I need to do the right thing? You know, was she, was she, what was the game there, I wonder, for Carol? Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, she definitely, yeah. she used a fake name. She's like, I think my, my boyfriend is responsible for killing these two girls. This is what uh, they are wearing. So you can be sure that it was them and that I'm not making this up. But she didn't give them any more information than that. She hung up on them. The, right. When they tried to dig. So whether she was scared or whether she's just playing her, her cards a certain way, mm-hmm. never know. Yeah, great point. We will never know. But we can think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the story doesn't end here. It sure doesn't. And they get more twisted mm-hmm. and like fucked up for sure as we go on, mm-hmm. which is feels impossible at this point, but is true. Yeah. Yeah. Now, next was Runaway. Yeah. Marnet Comer. Marnet. 17 French? years old. Possibly. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it came from Sacramento, ended up on the Sunset Strip uh, doing sex work. Where, obviously, was that was that was Doug's stomping ground. He liked to cruise the Sunset Strip mm-hmm. to find these ladies. Marnette Comer was actually, it's believed that she was actually Doug's first victim. Oh, Doug apparently told Carol he wanted to go for a drive. They got in the car, and he uh-huh. drives her up into the hills and shows her a body. Was the, Yes. Was this where he just, like, pointed, like, they didn't, the like, around the ravine? Yeah. And he was like, there's a body there. Yeah. And I did that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, from what I read, apparently Carol's reaction, again, you know, for you or I, it might be, I have to get out of here, I have to call police. I believe hers was excitement. Yeah. And intrigue. Yeah. So they say. Doug is like, okay, Carol's into this. We should do one mm-hmm. together. Yeah. June 20th. It's, this is it. This is June 20th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1980. They go to Hughes Market on Highland in Hollywood. Perfect. And they f- find a girl. Her name is Kathy. She's 17 years old. Oh, so young. And they get Kathy into that car. And as usual, I think we know what Doug wants. Yeah. Doug is like, eh, I'll give you $30 to blow me. Which is interesting because the, the woman who he last tried to kill, he offered her 40 So I, I know. And, and that feels like if I was Kathy, I'd be pissed. Right. I'd be like, you know what? I don't know why I'm worth $10 less than the last woman you tried to kill. Yeah. But he's cheap. Feels unfair. Maybe he was just getting cheaper. You know, he was just like. Or maybe it was part of the thrill. Like, how little can I offer this woman to get into my car? Yeah. How how much can I possibly exploit this person and humiliate mm-hmm. them before murdering them? Before murdering them. Yes. Wow. 30 bucks. So she gets in the car. I guess uh, he's not able to get it up. Right. And this is when I believe, so they say, again, Carol's in the backseat watching. Is that what's happening mm-hmm. at this point? Yeah. So it's like Carol's there. But here's the fun part, is they both have a gun, right? Yeah. Carol's got one yeah. and Doug's I guess that's one. why he had her by two. Just his and hers. Right. His and hers, which, you know, part of it is slightly romantic. <laughs> um, if we're going back to the rom-com of this, uh, of this couple. Uh-huh. So he can't get it up. And that's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, 
especially after the 30 buck debacle. Um, you know, now, now Kathy's like, you should be embarrassed, buddy. Yeah. And I th- believe that the, the deal was Doug was supposed to, Carol was supposed to kind of indicate, okay, I'm going to kill her when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. But he got upset and he went ahead and shot Kathy. Right. She didn't die. Ah. Doug has Carol get in the front seat. She sits in the front seat trying to clean up. The mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mean, meanwhile, they're dri- Doug's driving and they stop by Magic Mountain mm-hmm. and apparently they, they undress Kathy and dump her into the bushes and leave. And just leave her there. Mm-hmm. I guess to die in the elements. Yeah. Not even sure if she's dead when they leave. Yeah. They're just like, well, not our problem now. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a car to clean. Um, now these poor kids, by the way, they get back home. The kids are like, dad, why is the car covered in blood again? Oh God. Again, things that you, you know, when you talk about parenting goals, (laughs) (laughs) that feels like, again, one you never want to hear your kids ask you. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Doug Clark's, you know, one of his life goals wasn't to be a good father. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, oh, no, it's we ran over a cat and then we took it to the vet. That's what all the blood is for from. Wow, you don't have blankets in the car? What's Later, I guess, Doug goes to uh, to do some more murders alone. Yes. And uh, I guess maybe either Carol was tired or, <laughs> you know, maybe they were like the kids have been home alone long enough. Uh, but I can't believe they cared about those children. So I'm going to say he was just in the mood to solo murder. Uh-huh. And uh, this is in Studio City. Yep. He picks up a sex worker named Exie Wilson. And now that's a name, you know, I mean, with two X's in her name, you know, mm-hmm. double X, I, mm-hmm. I feel like that that's a, that's a great sex worker name. This makes me so mad oh. because this is the one black woman who he kills. Oh, man. And the most fucked up of all the murders that he does is, is the black woman. Oh, it is. You're right. Oh, man. Yeah, this is the real twisted one. So I feel like not only was Doug a fucking psychopath, but I think he was also a little racist. Oh, a little. Yeah, little I think he was. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit racist. So he was like, this is the one. He shoots her. He shoots her behind the parking lot of the Sizzler in Studio City. Oh, this, you'll never look at Sizzler the same way <laughs> in Studio City. Yeah. Yeah. And then he thinks, you know, what would be fun again mm. is to cut off her head. Yeah. And keep it for later. Yeah. And then dump her body. Yeah. Uh, I believe behind the Sizzler in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what does he do with that head? He he takes it home, puts it in the freezer. And he waits for Carol to get home. Yeah. And then when she gets home, he's like, I have a surprise for you. And she's like, what is it? And then he brings out a head and she's not horrified. She doesn't even say, oh, I wish it was a VCR. <laughs> she says, wow, great. Let me put some makeup on that for you. Yeah, that's the first thing she thinks. Oh my God. So that we can use it for several days, including apparently taking it into the shower oh, with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he, he fucked the head in the shower, the shower. And uh, when Carol oh. tells this story, I guess when, when Carol recounts the story to officials of some sort, she's, she's, uh, she talks about how she felt like she was playing with a Barbie doll, which is so fucked <sighs> Yes, she does. And I believe she also said, I had a lot of fun with it. 
is what she said to detectives. She was like, yeah, I put makeup on it. It was like, exactly, yeah. as you said, like my Barbie doll. I had fun with it. Yeah. It's so twisted and dark. Yeah. So when they're done, mm. they scrub it. They scrub it clean for some reason. Uh, I, I would say for forensics reasons, but they they put it in uh, an ornate wooden box and leave it uh, by a dumpster. So I feel like they wanted people to find it. Yeah, I feel like they were like, somehow as some weird trophy or like, look what we did or, you know, like a cat that leaves the mouse like on your doorstep to be like, look what I have, I have done. Mm -hmm. Now, another woman ends up dead who apparently was Exy's roommate. Yes, friends with Exy for sure. Yeah, her roommate. Because Doug had been concerned that she might have seen something. So he went back to the spot where he had seen them before, picks her up, and kills her too. That's right. And her, I believe, uh, this is Karen Jones, yes? Yeah. And Karen, he, uh, I think just, well, the way, well, the one account I read was just pushed her out of the car in Burbank. So yeah. drove to a parking lot in Burbank, just opened the door, shoved her out. Yeah. Um, like, again, interestingly, like, no attempt to even put it in bushes or hide the body. Like, it was just like, nope, I'm just going to dump it right here in the middle of this. Uh-huh. On the 27th of June, 1980, this guy named Jonathan finds the, the box because it's blocking his parking space. That's right. And he's like, oh, maybe it's money, right? Because it's a nice box. Oh, he was excited at first. He was like, this looks like a, a treasure, treasure indeed. Maybe it's something, yeah. Can you he thought, imagine? Oh, this could be my lucky day. No, I can't. Especially going on that journey from, you know what? This is, you know what? I've been using the secret a lot, and I, I've been <laughs> hoping to find something. Ugh. Oh my God! It's here. It is. It, it, it must be meant for me. It's blocking my parking space. Exactly. I, the you, oh universe, you delivered. <laughs> and then you open that box, and I believe there was some stuff on top, like some clothing, uh, or, some jeans, but, and a t-shirt. Oh, so he had to dig. Yeah. Is the, you know, it's one thing to open a box, see a head, yeah. scream, and run away. It's another to dig and maybe, like, touch the head oh. with your hand. I mean, uh, I think I, I don't know how I would, I don't know how I'd ever recover. I want to know how <laughs> Jonathan's doing now. Somebody should reach out to him. Look him up. You know I'm what I mean? Look up Jonathan Caravello on Facebook just to see if he's okay. Yeah. You know what? And if both of us send him a message, I think that might really make his day. <laughs> hey, man. Sorry. He's like, I have forgotten about that. Thanks. <laughs> He'll be like, you monsters. Ah. <laughs> uh, so at this point, <sighs> Doug and Carol are starting to have trouble in paradise. And I mean, who would have ever, ever seen it coming? <laughs> Doug is uh, bringing home more and more women. Doug is still molesting children. Ugh. Carol's getting jealous yep. of the children and the women and the prostitutes. Yep. And she thinks, what a great, you know, story to maybe go and share with Jack. Yeah, maybe I can get Jack back. Because, you know, maybe play the damsel in distress. Oh, my boyfriend, all he wants to do is, is, is fuck, fuck prostitutes and kill them, you know? <laughs> Oh, she you she know. goes to the bar. She finds Jack. She cries. She tells him the story, uh, including the murder. She gets real. I yep. guess she she can't hold her liquor, so she she spills all the details, including the murder. And Jack is like, 
uh, I think I think I'm gonna call the cops. Yeah, I think this might be a might be something I need to call call in about. <laughs> and then Carol is is shocked at this reaction. She she can't believe it didn't go the way she had planned. Yeah. So <laughs> she invites Doug to rendezvous in the van. You know, a romantic getaway. Absolutely. He accepts. And- because, and here's the thing with Jack. We already knew he was a dumb piece of shit yeah. asshole, right? Uh-huh. But what man, and maybe it's just to the to the strength that I guess he was a slave to his own dick, but it's just that a woman has just told you that she, you know, has, has been a part of these murders and you're still like, I'm going to call the cops, but first, of course, I'll have sex with yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh-huh. That's, Yeah. So they get in the van and mm-hmm. they fuck. I don't know if it happens in the middle or if it happens at the end, but at some point, Carol not only shoots him, but also stabs him nine times. Oh my God. Stabs him nine times, yeah, shoots I, him in the head, mm-hmm. cuts and off his head, takes that head, takes with it her. with her. Now, this time. I think she was she was concerned that they would find the bullet yeah, in the head. Yeah. But she left all the and shell casings behind. And that was it. It was like, wow, Carol, you had the wherewithal to sit there with a boning knife, you know, <laughs> and, and saw a human head off, uh, but you didn't think to pick up the shell casings on your way out of the van. Yeah. So I, she really has no one to blame but herself. Mm-hmm. You know. Sheesh. Uh, uh, apparently she slashed his buttocks. Read that. I'm like, that's a... And is that just a revenge scar? She's like, you know, I just want to... Was that just... Yeah, because... I, I mean, he's already dead at this point. Because I think she later tried to spin it as self-defense, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> Oh, Carol. <laughs> was he a vampire? Did you... You decapitated yeah. him in self-defense? So, uh, yeah, so she she kills Jack. She tells Doug. Doug helps her get rid of the head, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. They... Which I think they never found. Is that correct? I guess I guess she says they they I don't think they ever found it, but she I believe she said she threw it into uh, uh, some trash cans over by Griffith Park. Right, classic. At this point, I guess Doug is scared that he's gonna get caught. Well, and also I think Carol, when she realized about the shell casings, is also now she's concerned she's gonna get caught. Yeah, I think she tried to kill herself. Oh, did she already? Well, she did have that example from her dad. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And I think, you know, from all accounts, Carol really, yeah, she was starting to crumble under the pressure. Yeah. And I believe she, you know, again, was just chatting with some coworkers and just kind of started to spill the yeah, beans. she was literally at work at the hospital she works at and had a breakdown yeah. and was yep. like, I am supposed to save lives, not take them. And they're like, Carol, what the fuck are you talking about? This is... Yeah, and then she's like, oh, I've taken a couple of lives. Here's some very specific <laughs> sick things that I've done. Just wanted to get that off my chest. Uh, Carol, we only have a 15-minute break. This is too much. Yeah, we have to get back, <laughs> but I would like to hear the end of this story. Um, do you want to hit the federal after? <laughs> I just picture this uh, somewhere in North Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, apparently uh, once once that happened, and it's just like 10 in the morning. By the way. Wow, first thing. She couldn't even make it through the day. She was like, I got to get this. I mean, listen, she's like, I can't do my job if this is weighing on my mind. Her supervisors call call the cops and are like, hey, this uh, this lady just 
gave us all of these intimate details of all of these murders. You might want to check it out. And uh, Carol is contacted by the authorities and uh, immediately confesses. Wow. And then there it is. Doug is like, uh, this was all Carol's idea. Doug is this crazy bitch? Come on. That's basically his defense. He's like, nope. He's like, she's the crazy one. He also tried to blame her and Jack, saying that they were a duo yeah. at, at yeah. one point. And he's like, oh, they were the ones who were who were crazy and jealous. And, and, and they were then, killing um, people. They were she, molesting children. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not me. Now, unfortunately, with that photo yeah. album, that really showed a different story about the, the children yeah. uh, and who was molesting who. So it was too bad that uh, Doug didn't get rid mm-hmm. of that photo album. But also a good thing he didn't, you know. <laughs> old. Sorry, I meant for I him. mean, you know, from our perspective. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From our perspective, good. Now, Carol would have been given the same sentence that uh, Doug was given. Doug was, uh, I, I guess, charged with five, five murders and one attempted murder. Or, no, six mm-hmm. murders and one attempted murder. Yes. Carol was charged with murdering her murdering Jack. Jack, but not really charged with participating in the other murders. And I thought there was one that she was charged with assisting another murder. And I'm not sure if it was the, if it was Kathy. Oh yeah. 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 It was. It yes. Was. So yeah, she was charged with one full on. They were like, Hey, Jack is all you solo. But then it was assisting in that one other one. Now, I think Doug apparently tried to represent, uh, himself for part of his trial because his attorney, his lawyer was, was like drunk the whole time, apparently. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was like falling asleep during the trial. Uh, oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's not a very exciting yeah, trial. I, I'd be drunk too if I had to represent <laughs> this guy. No, I'd be drunk too. Yeah. If I was a public defender <laughs> and I was like, really? I'm sorry, you need me to defend <laughs> this guy? Yeah. Give me the Jack Daniels. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. do this. But uh, yes, Doug was representing himself because he had had some time awaiting his trial to to read, I guess, a lot of law mm-hmm. books. Well, there was so um, much evidence. He... There was so much evidence. There was no way that they so couldn't much. be found guilty. Absolutely not. And one of the great things about Doug be- representing himself is that then I guess he got um, irate and belligerent in the courtroom and would yell at the judge and call the judge names and basically... Uh, his his privileges of you know representing himself got taken away at one point uh-huh. because he was such a douchebag yeah. in 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 the courtroom, yeah. not helping his cause um, at all. Uh, Carol initially tried to plead uh, initially tried to plead insanity. Yes, but realized that wasn't gonna wasn't gonna get her anywhere. So she she changed her plea. She flipped on Doug for a plea bargain. Absolutely. So she wouldn't be up for the death penalty. Mm-hmm. She was like, that was part of her mm-hmm. deal. I'll testify against him. Yeah. So she told him and everything. I guess when she showed up to, oh yeah. And then, yeah. And, and that was the thing. She was like, what do you want? I'll give you anything you want. Yeah. All the evidence. Yeah. One thing that Doug did to her, which was pretty nuts, was he learned that there was this woman, Veronica Compton, who was in the same prison as Carol, uh-huh. I guess. She, I guess, got in touch with the Hillside Strangler who was this Kenneth Bianchi character who also did a string of murders in LA. Uh-huh. And she, she's one of those people who, you know, falls in love with serial killers. I guess she was a killer herself, or I'm not sure why she was in jail. But she was going to try and help him by uh, planting some evidence to basically make it so that to help him get off, basically. She was going to try and exonerate him by planting exonerate some evidence. Exonerate Doug? 
Uh, no. Oh, the hillside strangler. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So when Doug found out, oh, here's a woman willing to help serial killers. Uh (laughs) I'm going to see if I can reach out to her, woo her. And get her to to testify that Carol had said shit to her oh, in prison, right? Okay, See how yeah. this was working? He's like, yeah, he's like, Veronica's in jail with Carol. I'm going to get in touch with Veronica. And he would um, he would send her letters and uh, flowers and um, and try to woo her so that she would say that Carol confessed to all the crimes in prison. Yeah. But the joke was, when Veronica showed up to testify, she pleaded the fifth and she refused to say ha, anything. She just wasted his time <laughs> for no reason. He's like, I bought you roses. He's like, this is bullshit. She's like, how's it I feel? On you for t- yeah, yeah. He's like, she's like, nope. He's like, I worked on you for two years. She was like, too bad, please. <laughs> Thank you for the presents. <laughs> yeah, really nice. That's funny. Yeah, so uh, yeah. February 21st, 1983 is when they received the not guilty verdicts. And mm-hmm. Doug was sentenced to two consecutive... Well, Doug was initially sentenced to death but it takes a while to kill people i guess (laughs) when when the death penalty is instituted and then the death penalty was overturned in in california okay because he's still yeah he's still on death row and and i guess in california uh, everyone who was sentenced to to death in like the 80s in the late the late 80s and the 90s is just on permanent death row carol was sentenced to to life i believe she was yes or two two and uh she was sentenced to two life sentences i think back yeah. to back and then in 2012 she would have been eligible for parole but i think she died in 03 yeah she died from uh, yeah. uh heart heart disease i believe yes yeah so she never even made it to that point where she could you know stand in front of the parole board and say oh i i have great remorse i learned my mm-hmm. lesson she never got that uh yeah. chance and i hope they wouldn't have let her out anyway yeah. Yeah. but and so uh yeah. she she was in uh frontera california institute for women at frontera apparently doug, doug has is to this day saying that he's he's innocent and that she she was the mastermind behind the whole thing but doug is also housed in the most secure of the death row facility he's housed in the portion that they keep violent inmates in and not just inmates who are there okay. for violent reasons but inmates who have who have been violent since being incarcerated okay. and I, re- I read a quote that there was just a quote of him saying i've always been a pretty zen guy oh my god like do you know why you're that here that is not oh that is not what i thought yeah. you were gonna yeah. say doug do all. you know what words mean always... oh he in the end i no i don't think he does <laughs> Now, did you know this little detail? I don't know if he still is married to this woman, but apparently got married again. In, in prison. Our good friend, Doug. Okay. Yeah. To who? I don't have her name, but she was trying to help him in his uh, crusade that, you know, he's innocent. Uh-huh. And what's amazing again to that, to me, is, you know, Carol from the beginning, you know, she wasn't turned off when he said he wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. murder a woman during sex. Yeah. Then whoever this woman is who married him, who are these women, or or anybody who marries somebody, um, you know, who's in prison. I mean, we we both know what he looks like. We've talked about that. How charming could this guy possibly be? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Or how sick are these people who are obsessed with serial killers and will marry them? Yeah. 
I don't know. I think the obsession that people have is that they either um, they feel like they can change this person or they mm. they feel like they're protected by being with this person that no one's going to fuck with them. Great point. So he's 72 now. Uh, Carol was 61 when she died. So they were known as the, the Hollywood slashers, the Sunset Strip killers, and the Sunset Strip yes. slayers. Sunset Strip slayers. I'm just glad there Say hasn't been any. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Say that. Yeah. It sounds like a, a, a metal band. We haven't had any Hollywood mer- Hollywood serial killers lately. That's nice. I know. It does feel like it's been a while. And when you think of the Hollywood serial killers, yeah, you do think, oh, it's been, you know, you think 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, I guess here we are in the 2020s. Yes. It's been a it's Let's been a keep bit. that streak going. I'm very happy about keeping <laughs> that streak going. I think, we don't. I hope that, we've you know, suffered enough. Seeing like, hey guys, exactly. And also I hope people listen to this or, you know, potential murderers and go, wait, I'm probably going to get caught. Maybe I should just not do this. Yeah. Cause I mean, Maybe you know, it's, option. you're in LA, someone's always recording something, you know, someone's always filming oh, or someone's, someone's going to get you on the iPhone. So yeah, absolutely. Somebody, th- there's no privacy anymore. We all know that. <laughs> These aren't things you should be doing. You want to put a head in a box now? Someone's going to see that happen for sure. <laughs> that was yeah. a story of Carol fucking Bundy. Yeah, Carol. Mm. Was that a dumpster? Was that Yeah, was that on your end or mine? I actually thought for a second you had put in a sound no. effect. Because it was like, you went, Carol fucking Bundy. Bang. Dumpster lid closes. Dumpster lid. <laughs> <laughs> one of their favorite places to put stuff. <laughs> Oh. oh man, Sheesh. what a twisted, twisted journey. Wow, that was a ride. Yeah, it was a Leslie, ride. Leslie, what do you have coming up that you might want people to know about? Well, you know, uh, listen, it is quarant- It's uh, we're still kind of in lockdown here. So I got to be honest, not too much, but um, I'm still doing stuff with uh, The Second City, which is a, a comedy theater, and we're trying to find ways to put shows online, so there might be stuff coming uh-huh. up there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm also, uh, uh, don't have any, uh, stand-up shows booked right now, but I should, once we get into the Burbank comedy festivals coming up in August. So I'm going to be, uh, participating okay. in that. Um, so I don't have the dates, but, uh, yeah, look for me in August. In All Burbank. right. Close to the murders. That's right. And when, now, whenever I go to Burbank, certainly if I go to Sizzler in uh. Studio City, if it's still there, but yeah, Burbank close to the murders. You want people to follow you on social? Yeah, on the Instagram, it's very. I'm a, I'm a very I'm a very basic uh, basic lady when it comes to my handles. So <laughs> Instagram is just uh, Leslie Siler all together, and that's and, uh, Twitter. It's Leslie I L E R. Yeah, so it's um, that's right. L e s l i e s e i l e r. I think my parents wanted to use the fewest letters in the alphabet to compile wow. my name. Um, yeah, because it's a lot of repeated letters. Um, and Twitter is Leslie underscore Siler. So. Please find me there. We can DM more about all of this. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. So it was a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you, Kai. This was so much fun. It was, uh, which I know sounds twisted, but it truly was. You just listened to episode 58 of Women Who Kill. Hey, if you want to send me an email, you can do that at wwkpodcast at gmail.com. If you have suggestions of who you want to hear on the show, people we should talk about on the show or if we talked about you on the show and you're mad or you have new information that you want to provide 
feel free to send me an email. I'll read it. If you want to support with your dollars, you can do that at patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Join the women who kill Illuminati. Get access to bonus content. The archives of the show. Most recent 20 episodes you can find wherever podcasts are found. Everything else is in the archives. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>